0: Live from the auction community studios on this Tuesday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke show. I'm Luke. You're Wolf.
1: Wolf. How's What's it going? Up, Luke, how we doing, man? You getting jacked up, ready to go. Man, I'm fired up today. I have no idea why I'm so jacked up, basin onions, but right now it's not a bad day to smear some eye black on, metaphorically speaking, and talk a little sport, shall we?
0: Well, you're in the right place then. I'm trying to figure out what happened to this chair, which is tilted forward at like a forty-five degree angle, so I have to do the show like this. kind of strange. Yeah, hunched over. Not even hunched over, like I'm ready to blast into outer space or something.
1: Yeah, stand up tall, man. Stand tall. Throw the shoulders back, metaphorically speaking. Whatever you're faced with today, square the jaw, base ironians. Throw the shoulders back. Eyes up. Let's walk through this, shall we?
0: Well, how about we start with the Arizona Cardinals and what you just heard in the update right there from Sarah, that they are bringing Dan Quinn back for an in-person interview, a second interview Um, how do you interpret that?
1: Yeah, it seems significant, does it not? It seems,
0: seems like something, I don't know, I mean, we're just connecting dots at this point, but I gotta be honest, they interviewed Brian Flores yesterday, and then their response is we gotta bring Dan Quinn back in for a second interview, (laughs) I don't know what that says about Flores, now they may very well, it might, in their mind, be down to those two, I know they still have the interview with Peyton, we'll get into that too, or the meeting, or whatever they officially called it, but uh... I, I don't know. I, it, it doesn't. Kind of feel like Dan Quinn maybe is slightly ahead of Brian Flores right now.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know about that. I just know that you interview Dan Quinn and you do it remotely, and suddenly you say, you know what, boy, I really like that. I like the way that went. I like the answers Dan Quinn gave us, and because of that, we got to bring him in. We got to do this personally. It seems <laughs> significant to me. It seems like Dan Quinn today, right now, would be one of the top three candidates going forward. Feels just like because it. of that.
0: You talk to people in and Dallas. And I could be
1: dead wrong on that, but man, that's just my feeling.
0: You talk to people in Dallas, uh, Bickley and Murata. Who did Bickley and Murata have on this morning? They had somebody from Dallas, too, that, uh, that covers the Cowboys for ESPN. And the, they all speak glowingly. Of Dan Quinn. I mean, I know. I remember last year when the Cowboys lost, there were a lot of Cowboys fans. You don't run your team based on what the fans will. But there was a lot of Cowboys fans that just wanted them to give Dan Quinn the head coaching job. Remember, that was the thing last yes. year after they lost. Like, move on from McCarthy and just give the head coaching job to Dan Quinn. So it's definitely something that he's getting a second interview this late in the coaching race. Now, we'll see. I find it odd that no team has hired a coach yet that needs a coach. They're all just kind of sitting out there making their decisions. I feel like it's at, by, by this time every year, somebody has hired someone, but yet here we are. And then maybe Dan Quinn is, is very high on the list. Here's uh, Larry Fitzgerald on Sirius XMNFL Today talking about Dan Quinn. Um, there's no question about that. You know what he's done. Obviously, his experience, and he, he did really good in Atlanta. Um, and you know, had he you know run the football a little bit more, he'd have a Super Bowl championship. So I, I don't think it's be much longer until Dan Quinn will be back on the sidelines as a head coach of the National Football League. But I think for him, most importantly, is finding the right situation. You know, you, you don't want to go to a team where you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance to win. You want to be in a place where you know you, you have a legitimate shot. And those type of jobs are very difficult to come by because they don't turn over often. Yeah, he said he's at the top of his list. I think that's the part that got cut off at the beginning. Let me replay the beginning. I wrote down a couple of things on it. he would be number
1: one in my opinion.
0: <laughs> number one in my opinion. And also Craig Wolfley. <laughs> that was great. John, hey, what's up, What's Barry? going on over here? How you doing, bad guy? But, uh, but no, that, the first thing Fitz said right there, and that's Larry Fitzgerald. He'd be at the top of my list.
1: He'd be. Wow, that is. That's significant right there. He'd be at the top of my list. Oh, boy, doesn't that make you think, hey, Michael, how you doing? I'm just wondering. It makes
0: you think Dan Quinn has some credibility, especially because that's not the first person that has said it. But when Fitz says stuff about football, I think you listen.
1: Yeah, especially think about this. If you are Michael Bidwell and you own the Arizona Cardinals, do you think you might actually talk to Larry Fitzgerald? Do you think you might actually get his opinion? Yeah, why not? Something like that. Of course, you would. You know, again, if you're talking about casting the net far and wide, which he has, isn't that what you would do? Of course, you're going to cast the net far and wide, but if you're doing that, you're also going to get input from others. And I wonder as well, Monty Ossinfort, if he was involved, to what degree? How do you think Dan Quinn would be viewed? if not for the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl against the Patriots. I know. I know. Here's a guy that, as a head coach, he's been to a Super Bowl and then the collapse, the legendary collapse, against the Patriots. And yet, here's a guy that, as a defensive coordinator, won a Super Bowl with one of the more legendary defenses in the National Football League in the history of the National Football League, the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Man, that's appealing. I do like the idea
0: of using him as your head coach against Seattle twice a year. That does appeal to me. I think my biggest question with Dan Quinn would be Kyler Murray. You know, we talk about everything through the lens of Kyler Murray. I feel like, okay, if you bring in Sean Payton, you're probably going to get as much out of Kyler Murray as anybody can get out of him. I think the more I think about it, Brian Flores, like I said yesterday, is either going to get through to Kyler. Maybe Kyler's just like, no, this guy, I, I get it with him. Like, we, just, we vibe better than I did with Cliff or whatever. Or... It's going to become clear what Kyler has to work on and then you've got to make a tough decision in a year or two. Dan Quinn, I don't know. I don't know how the Kyler Murray factor. I don't know how that works in the equation because I look at Dan Quinn and I'm like, well, the defense would get really good really quickly. Like, what would he do with Isaiah Simmons?
1: Yeah, um, that's the other thing you forget about. You forget so much about that. The fact that they have a lot invested on the defensive side of the football as well. And Dan Quinn is that defensive mind. Um, and the the more and more I think about it, the more, again, Sean Payton, I realize Sean Payton is all that in the bag of chips. Sean Payton is a well-respected coach. I, I, uh, we all understand what he's done on the offensive side of the ball and the way that he has worked with quarterbacks in the past, but... Man, the more and more I think about it, I think there needs to be some type of separation with Kyler Murray. I will continue to talk about that. And the defense has got some kind of talent as well that still needs to be developed. Maybe coming in with with a new thought, in a new mind, in a new way, maybe that would help somebody like Isaiah Simmons. Zavin Collins, maybe that would help these guys continue to develop. Byron Murphy, Byron Murphy, (laughs) bring Marco Wilson. I I just, I, I think there needs to be some type of separation between your next head coach and
0: Kyler Murray. Todd Archers, who the uh, Bickley Marotta had on this morning that was bothering me, to talk about Dan Quinn. And he yep. had a lot of interesting stuff to say about Dan Quinn, but he echoed the sentiments that we've heard from pretty much everybody in Dallas the last couple of years. This guy's going to be a head coach somewhere. He deserves to be a head coach somewhere. And that's why I bring up the Super Bowl, because he is immediately part of the trivia question of who was the coach when you had a 28-3 to lead and let it slip away to Tom Brady in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And I get it. And that happened. You can't just erase that. But in yeah. terms of being able to take a team to the Super Bowl, he's the only guy on this list so far that as a head coach has taken his team to the Super Bowl other than Sean Payton, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's also 43 and 42 overall. This is, this is a guy that has been a head coach for, a, what was it, five seasons, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I think. So this is a guy that has been around. This is a guy that uh, is very experienced in terms of being a head coach. He's well-respected. Um, I just didn't see it coming. I didn't. Um, I-, I knew when they interviewed Dan Quinn that it seemed like a logical thing to do. But now the news that came out that hey they're flying him in for an in person this has gotten serious very very quickly with Dan Quinn right now so you got to put him in the top three right now just just looking at it from the outside in you got to put him in the top three
0: his his five years with Atlanta eight and eight, 11 and five all the way to the Super Bowl should have won the Super Bowl uh, ten and six seven and nine seven and nine and then he started zero and five in twenty twenty and was let go after yeah. week five well, look we'll never know but it would make a lot of sense if that Atlanta team was kind of broken after after they should have won the Super Bowl and didn't. You know what I mean? I know they followed it up with a 10-6, and six, but then they just got steadily worse from there. So I'm not saying Dan Quinn is the guy, but it certainly seems like the Cardinals are taking a long, hard look at him, and Larry Fitzgerald is saying he would be the guy if he was making that decision. So that, that carries that carries weight with me. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back, the Suns were rumored to have been a trade destination for Rui Hachimura a couple times. Now he's a Laker. So what happened? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Well, now we finally have a trade in the NBA, Wolf. It happened yesterday. It happened during, uh, right towards the end of our show. We... I don't even remember if we briefly touched on it or not. It was kind of a crazy day yesterday with the Sean Payton stuff and everything else going on. But the Lakers getting Rui Hachimura from the Washington Wizards, and the reason that name may sound familiar, even if you're not a big Wizards fan, is because the Suns were linked to him a couple times. There was well, that was about a month ago when they were linked to him, and then they the thought was the trade was going to be Jay Crowder for Hachimura. That trade didn't happen. And Hachimura went out and put up like 28 against the Suns, so that was that was cute. Um, so now the Lakers get him, and the wrinkle here, in fact, that's the exact line from Jake Fisher, who tweeted out, the wrinkle here is that uh, he learned there was a Phoenix-Milwaukee-Washington three-team concept that would have sent Rui Hashimura to the Suns, Crowder to the Bucks, and three seconds plus salary to Washington, and he says that helped set the price for the Lakers getting Hachimura.
1: Wow, okay, so once again, it's... Six degrees of separation right here. Yeah. The Suns are okay. This seems like the kind Six of degrees trade. Of Hachimura. Yeah, that's right. This seems like the kind of trade the Suns could pull off for a Jay Crowder, what the Lakers basically did. A veteran player and some draft capital, of course. A switch, a swap of players and some draft capital. And it appears one of the things that's interesting, reportedly at least, Hachimura is not a short term option for the Lakers. They're talking about an extension. They want to sign with this guy this summer. And that's, boy, once again, it reminds you of the Suns and what the Suns may like to do. The reports are out this morning once again. And I, I, I'm just going to admit it. Three hours ago, three hours, Mark Stein reported the Suns are definitely in the loop in regard for Fred Van Vliet. And I'm in the danger zone on this one because (laughs) this is the guy I want. This, yeah. this is who I want. Of all the names that have
0: been realistically linked to the Suns, I think Van Vliet would be at the top of my list. I, I'm interested in Kuzma, too, although it seems like that price tag for Kyle Kuzma has gone way up, and I'm not interested in going crazy for Kyle Kuzma. I never thought Jay Crowder would get you Kyle Kuzma, and I don't value the Suns' first-round picks right now as much as some people do because they're going to be in the 20s. Ideally, they're gonna, one of them is going to be 30. Uh, so I would, I would deal picks, like picks and Crowder, for Kyle Kuzma, but I've seeing stuff online yesterday it was like, well, what about Cam Johnson? I'm not trading Cam Johnson for Kyle no, Kuzma. I'm not no. and maybe, maybe, maybe I should. Maybe Kyle Kuzma's a better player. Maybe no. that's that's you know biased because we see what Cam does all the time. But I no, I don't I shouldn't have to do that. If I can get Fred Van Vliet, though, I, I have very little
1: questions about him. Just three hours ago, once again, as I said, per an NBA insider, and that insider is Mark Stein. The Suns have identified Fred Van Vliet. Terry Rozier and Emmanuel quickly as potential targets for that trade deadline. And I'm all in on Fred Van Vliet. I, I, I didn't even know that Command and Control was going to play this, but this is the way I feel. I, I'm sorry. Google it, my young Crunks. It's the danger zone. Fred Van Vliet. 28 years old, by the way. He's a combo guard that could be a facilitator and is a facilitator right now. Averaging, I believe, over six assists per game. Plays defense, by the way. Oh, and he's straight dog, brothers. (laughs) He's straight up dog. And I love that. That's the kind of guy you sign to an extension going forward. Just like the Lakers did with Hachimura.
0: Well, yeah, you don't have to sell me. I don't think you have to sell anybody on Van Vliet. 19.1 points a game this year. It's more than the stats, but I'll give them to you anyway. Over four rebounds, over six assists, but it's everything you just said, it is a guy that has that undrafted mentality because he was undrafted and a guy that was a huge part of the Raptors winning that title a few years ago. Obviously, Kawhi was the guy, but Fred Van Vliet was, was clutch in, in certain moments of that. I mean, you can't you can't replicate that. If he was just on the Suns tomorrow yeah. and they were going into the playoffs, He's he would be the guy on the team that has won a title. Who, am, I, am I forgetting somebody? I mean, I know last year they had JaVale McGee. But right now, you don't have a guy that won a title. You have guys that have been to the finals. Yeah. But that he adds that as well.
1: Do the Suns have the capital? Do they actually have what they need to possibly appeal to the Toronto Raptors? Do they? That's the question you have to ask. And by the way, from time to time, Jay Crowder has been tied to the Raptors as well. So it's well, just it's interesting. So is DeAndre. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it it's very, very interesting to me as to where this could go. Where there's smoke, there's fire so much of the time. And I think Jay Crowder's tweet, Jay Crowder with a, the emojis, what was it again?
0: <laughs> it was the hourglass, the clock, and the hourglass. <laughs> I assume, he, he tweeted it out in the three minutes we were off the air yesterday. I thought he was like, how much longer do I have to wait for the Wolf and Luke show to come back on? I see. But he didn't I specifically that. say that. Yes. So I, I could um, be wrong.
1: Time is ticking. It's only a matter of time. You think James Jones
0: all... needs a reminder that the trade deadline's in two weeks from Jay Crowder and his emojis?
1: Yeah, but I, I just, why would you do that, Jay Crowder? Well, maybe your agent picked up the phone and gave you a call and said, hey, listen, Jay, this is getting close. It's getting close right now. And maybe he said, well, give me the phone. And he maybe, of course, it makes perfect sense. Why Bring not? me my but, finest emojis. Yes, I, I, I'm in the danger zone because Fred Van Vliet Perfect. Would fit like a glove. This is where the
0: I Where I am with, with a sons trade for this season. And Fred Van Vliet, I think would fit this, but you'd have to get creative. Obviously Jay Crowder needs to be moved, and I'm willing to part with almost any pick going forward right now, because the NBA has things in place where it's not like, when I say any pick, that doesn't mean they're going to trade their 23 first-rounder and their 24 first-rounder and their 24, because you can't, first of all, yeah. you, you can't trade back to back first-round so again, the first-round picks aren't going to be that high, ideally. Anything you can do with Jay Crowder, any of your picks, and any of your supplemental pieces that aren't Devin Booker, Chris Paul... Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, and I would throw DeAndre Ayton in there, too. Now, if they get some crazy deal for Ayton, then that's a different story. But I I, I I, would like to try and get a deal done and keep those five guys together. Whatever you can do and keep those five guys together, I'd like to see them take another run at this. You would? I would. Now, again, if somebody comes along and they're like, we'll give you anything for DeAndre Ayton, I, I understand. you, But I'm just saying going into these trades, like if you're asking me what does it take to get Fred Van Vliet...
1: I'm hoping I don't have to give up D.A. for him. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I am. I Yes. And I don't uh, want to trade D.A. because I think you're getting pennies on the dollar right now, Yes, too. but if, in fact, you're not giving up D.A., who else are you giving up? Well, that's... And then maybe Toronto's like, no, forget it. Maybe yes.
0: Toronto's like, we want Cam Johnson. It, it, I get it. To, give, to get something, you actually do have to give something up. Yes. But a team like Toronto, who's kind of an enigma... Because are they looking at their team and saying, man, we got Van Vliet, and we got Ananobi, and we got Scotty Barnes, and we got Pascal Siakam, and we can't win games. Maybe they're looking to kind of not totally blow it up, but kind of rebuild around two of those guys or something. Maybe you can give them the expiring contract of Jay Crowder and a bunch of picks.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, I can't help it, but Matt Ishbia. Does not Matt Ishbia play into this equation as well? Of course he does. To some degree. He he has to. And I don't want to go overboard on this. I really do not base it on things because who knows ultimately what is going to happen here. But you cannot tell me that Matt Ishbia doesn't look at the fact that Fred Van Vliet was undrafted in 2016 and say, like, you know what? Yeah, I've I've taken the long road as well. I know what that's like. I, I, I don't want to say this this is the decision that will be made. Every time there is a decision that Matt Ishby is gonna say, Well, I was a walk-on at Michigan State. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that's not the wall it's not the wall that every decision's pile is gonna be thrown against, if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. I, I it just feels like this would be something he would be interested in in regard to Fred Van Vliet, the dog that he is the road that he has traveled and a possible extension this summer just like ha- ha- uh, Hachimura.
0: Damian Lee is the guy on the team that has won a title. He was obviously with Golden State last year and they won the whole thing so I don't know. Um, I-, I think that's the only guy though and he only won one title because he got there after they won yeah. in 2018 um, but that's that, those those guys you look to in the playoffs and not so much this year compared to two years ago when the Suns were in the finals and it was like none of these guys have ever even been close to this except Jay Crowder but but certainly I think you, know, you start to get deep into these playoffs this year and and they've all been deep now two years ago, but I don't think it hurts to have a Fred Van Vliet mixed in there. In addition to everything else, the fact that he can be like, yeah, this is what it's like to actually win a title. This is what it, This is what you need to push it over the top. Damian Lee's a nice piece, and I, I really like actually what I've seen from Lee this year, but he didn't have that role that Fred Van Vliet had on his title-winning team. He was a big piece of it, but he didn't have that role. We'll get into this more uh, later, too, because if you look at the Hashimura trade with the Lakers, and you're telling me that Jay Crowder for Hashimura almost happened then can I assume that what the Lakers gave up for Hashimura is what the Suns can expect for Jay Crowder? Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. we uh, Actually, this text comes in from the 914. If Sean Payton was locked down with the Broncos, why would he come to Phoenix on Thursday? That's a good question, and we're going to get into that because what does the Cardinals interview with Sean Payton mean? How long do we think this is all going to play out? We'll get into all that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Arizona Sports. Sean
0: Payton. Update. 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 All right, Wolf, let's talk some uh, some Sean Payton here. Why not, huh? We had that uh, listener into the text line before. Brings up an interesting point. If that deal were done, Broncos, Payton, why would he be here on Thursday? Why would he be talking to the Arizona why Cardinals? Would he he wouldn't be. I, it, there's, there's a lot of ways to run with the Sean Payton thing. Um... I think we have to at least give some percentage chance. I don't know. Maybe it's 20% right now to the notion that he's just going to wait another year. I I think that's definitely on the table. I wouldn't say it's the favorite, but I would say that that's that's part of the puzzle here, right? If you have like that pie chart and you're like, okay, well, you know, thirty percent he goes to the Cardinals, forty percent he goes to Denver. I think there's a twenty percent where he just waits till next year, and there's a lot of unknown too. There's still I got to do the math on this now. Yeah. I, guess I only left ten percent, but there's a ten percent unknown.
1: You know, you just I have this feeling though that the iron is hot right now for Sean Payton. There's, there's not a lot of competition out there for Sean Payton. I, I mean, there, to, to me, he's got, he's got a team in the Denver Broncos that has Russell Wilson. He's got a team that he can look at, a team that was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Can he fix Russell Wilson? Why is he dragging his feet on that? The, the Denver job seems to be a no-brainer to me for Sean Payton. You've got Russell Wilson, man. Russell Wilson. Yeah. How many picks did the Denver Broncos give up just to get Russell Wilson? They signed him to a what kind of contract? A multi—oh, my goodness. Hundreds of millions. So what is—what's the problem with Sean Payton, man? Why isn't he all over this? that's what i want to know it's Sorry. not just leverage it can't be the leverage... denver had to come in with a serious offer if they if they offered I, him. I
0: can't imagine to your point the teams are just not offering him quite what he wants because if it's not quite what he wants it, it can't be that much, right? It can't be like, oh, okay, we're, we're, we're 20 million and, and this team's offering eight. Like, they gotta be close <laughs> enough where I would think they could work it out okay. without more leverage. Uh, sorry, the reason I was distracted is I was trying to find this tweet from Diana Rossini. Have you okay. heard this? No. So Jeff Duncan tweeted out earlier this morning, latest update on John Payton. He completed his interview with Carolina on Monday in Charlotte. He'll meet with Arizona officials Thursday, as previously reported. His second meeting with Denver has been delayed. In my opinion, the longer this goes, the likelihood of Payton staying at Fox increases. That was Jeff Duncan. But then this is Diana Rossini, who quote tweeted it, said also to add to the Jeff Duncan report, I was told there is also a team waiting in the wings watching all of this and could make a move if they get their ducks in a row. <laughs> and quote, their ducks in a row was in quotes. To which, ducks in a row. To which you and I both immediately thought before the show, is that some sort of like clue that it's no, a team with a duck thought at
1: quarterback like the Chargers? I thought it was odd, ducks in a row, as we all know. I thought that was odd to use that idiom. Um,
0: because it is quoted. That's the only part of her tweet that, that's in quotes, their ducks in a row. Ducks in a row, yeah.
1: oh, yes. And then you thought, oh, Justin Herbert. Uh, Duck. Yes, he is a former duck. And we all know Sean Payton loves L.A. and wants to live in L.A. Um, but supposedly, though, Brandon Staley, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> Look, I don't think it's the Chargers. What, what's interesting to me, but, though, is who do you think that team is that's just waiting in the wings that nobody's been talking about?
1: Yeah, Um. I, I don't know. But it certainly would sound... To be like the LA Chargers. Or Dallas? Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I wouldn't do it I, if I were yeah, Dallas. Oh, I, that's I not true. I would do it if I were Dallas. I don't think they're going to I, gonna I do don't it. think so. Yeah, I, I really don't think that is going to be the case, but we'll see how this we'll unfolds. Pull up a list of teams while you talk about It is fascinating to me that the Denver Broncos, I, I thought it'd be a slam dunk. Yeah, uh, I thought they were the team right now of Sean Payton. Sean Payton, if, if in fact the Cardinals can get Sean Payton, they're going to be fighting with the Denver Broncos for Sean Payton. That was way back a couple of weeks ago. That was the dream. That they would be in the final two teams, and it was going to be with the Denver Broncos. Of course it was going to be. With the talent they have on that roster, with Russell Wilson as your quarterback. It's called the Danger Witch, and it's dangerously good. With with some talent on the defensive side of the ball as well. The Denver Broncos, this storied franchise. Just waiting for a Sean Payton to restore them to glory. Russell Wilson
0: was so bad last year that if you are a head coach with options, I don't think Denver's a slam dunk anymore.
1: Obviously, it isn't. Obviously, it isn't because no. he would have
0: just taken the job
1: a week ago. I know. And, and, and yet, at the same time, he could be the fix for a guy who everyone says is broken. There's a lot of people out there saying he's broken. Even Russ, Colin Coward said, even Russ knows he's broken. Well,
0: if if you're a coach, if you're Sean Payton and you have the track record in the NFL that you have, and let's just say you're looking at a situation with a Russell Wilson— who is not at the end of his career, but he's on the the second half of his career and looks bad. Is that more alarming to you than a young player like Kyler Murray that took a step back or at least plateaued in year four? Because if I'm Sean Payton, I'm probably looking and saying there's untapped potential with Kyler Murray. I don't know that there is with Russell Wilson. We've already seen him at his best. What What's the best Sean Payton can do? Get him back to where
1: he was a few years ago? Yeah. I I don't know the answer on that. I, I don't know what it is. I just know I heard David Charles Burns and and Gambo talking about this as well. The fact that the Denver Broncos had another meeting. It was Wednesday, Wednesday night, right? They had another meeting set up. And now you're telling me the latest report Is that that meeting with the Denver Broncos has been delayed? It sure, I mean, is there any other way to read that? Oh, well.
0: Than Sean Payton saying, I want to meet with Arizona first. Is there any
1: other way to to read that? No, there isn't any other way to read that. That's very interesting to
0: me. All right, who are some of these other teams it could be? Uh, The Raiders? I don't think they're going to move on from McDaniels just because they'd have to pay him and Gruden. Cleveland? You think it's Cleveland? <sighs> Cleveland. Cleveland is the one that I'm looking at. Like, oh, maybe it's Cleveland. I just, what are you up to?
1: You're, Cleveland. You're, you're thinking about a team that is lurking. They're out in the shadows. She said lurking. Well, she yes. said waiting in the wings. Waiting in the wings. Uh, well, the Arizona Cardinals were waiting in the wings. Um, remember, there was no report yes, that that's they had true. scheduled an interview. They were, what, two days ago? But, but
0: they are not the team that has to. Get quote their ducks in a row unquote.
1: Her yeah. exact phrasing was: it's, it's "There's a the the team rating. Just stop you it, think right so? there. It's got to be." She put it in quotes.
0: What about Vegas? Yeah, that's Vegas was the one I, I was just saying. But I just would they would they no. want to pay a third coach because they're already paying Gruden and McDaniel's, right? Wait a minute. What do you mean Vegas? If they fired McDaniel's, wouldn't they
1: have to pay <laughs> they're, him they're as well? They're not gonna fire McDaniels. That's what I'm saying. Yes.
0: That's, I'm saying it's not Vegas. They're,
1: yeah, it's not them. No. And, and ducks in a row, once again. That, oh, man, come on. There, well, there is if, no if other way.
0: If that phrasing was intentional, then yes, it would be the
1: They're waiting in the wings. Everyone else isn't waiting anymore. That report came out when the Arizona Cardinals had an interview scheduled with Sean Payton. So you have to rule them out. That tweet's imagine. from
0: an hour ago. An hour and a half ago. Yes. Yeah.
1: So you've got to rule that out because they've got an interview scheduled. Why would you classify that as waiting in the I it's, would assume It's got like to be the Chargers and Carolina, it's got to be Justin Herbert. There it is Houston. waiting in. And we all felt that. Really, when the Chargers lost that game, the way they lost that game, in particular, running the ball six times in the second half of that game. Because you know what? I'm a new-age thinker. That's what I am. And by the way, we're going to do things differently around here. Forget about all the greats of the game. Forget about Lombardi. Forget about these coaches that say you got to run the ball when you've got a three-possession lead. In the second. Forget about all of that. We're doing it my way. Well, how's that work? And by the way, can we... Can we go for another fourth down on our own 25-yard line in the first quarter with a 0-0 game? Not only can they,
0: they will do that. Uh, Nickelback is heading out on the Get Rolling Tour, coming to the Footprint Center on July 12th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair now by heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, can the Chiefs beat Cincinnati without Patrick Mahomes? We're going to take you through the latest news around the National Football League. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Be careful, though. It's spicy. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, it's funny, Wolf, we get those those uh, emails that have like, oh, here's, here's really unique betting odds or this or that or whatever, right? These different topics that aren't just like the actual games. Yeah. Got one that was, uh, let's see. Chances of the Sixers and Eagles both winning. So the Sixers winning the title, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Chances of the Celtics winning the NBA title, the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup for Boston. Mm. Chances of the Warriors winning the NBA title, and the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. Get lost with these, oh, we're going to have two teams winning a championship in the same year in the same yeah. city.
1: That'd be disgusting. Yeah, not, no interest. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Perfect. We're all sitting here wallowing, suffering in our own misery. We're all
0: so jealous of you. Boston. I love it in Phoenix. Yeah, well, yeah, that'd be different, but we have tried to get one team into the playoffs in Phoenix right now. Uh, all right, so looking around the National Football League, let's start with uh, let's start with Kansas City because the other line that has been interesting is uh, Kansas City was favored when the game's ended on Sunday, right? Cincinnati's already favored in that game because people are freaking out over Patrick Mahomes. Here's Andy Reid yesterday talking about how his quarterback's treatment is going. He's uh, worked hard um, in the treatment and is doing okay.
1: Only been a day. See how hard could he he worked. Yeah, that was good right there. He also implemented, or at least he said that um, he was going to go. That Patrick Mahomes was going to play. Do you have that sound, God I have the
0: high ankle sprain is accurate. Let's see if this is it. As
1: far as injuries go,
0: really Patrick uh,
1: is uh, the the main one, and as you guys know, he hurt his ankle. So it's uh, that's a. Uh,
0: Um, You know, it's been reported that it's a high ankle sprain, so that's pretty accurate. All right. Thanks, Andy. Here's uh, here's Patrick Mahomes himself. It feels better. I mean, it feels better than I thought it was going to be now. Um, obviously, I have a lot of adrenaline going on right now, so we'll see how it feels, but uh, I'll hop right into treatment to- tonight and uh, try to do whatever I can to be as uh, close to 100% uh, by next week, but luckily for us, we played the early game on Saturday, so we get an extra almost half a day that I can let that ankle rest. Here's another one for Mahomes, too, Wolf. I mean, I'm not coming out of a playoff game unless they take me out, and so uh, I'm just going to play. I, I love this-, this sport too much. I I love this game. Uh, I love playing with my teammates and being able to go out there and and enjoy it together. And, we're, and we 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 prepare all year to be in the playoffs and to play in these games. And um, I'm I'm glad that I was able to get back in the game. He's gonna play. He may, he's going to play. It, it may yes. it may get re injured more easily because he's hurt. Maybe he doesn't finish the game on a low. But if you're if you're concerned if Patrick Holmes is going to start the game on Sunday, I feel pretty confident he's at least gonna start
1: it. Yeah, and it's a high ankle sprain, isn't that right, Buda Baker? <laughs> <laughs> the Buddha could do it. A high ankle sprain and. In a tough situation, you could have had Blue Juice that thing. I'm just saying. You really Blue Juice a high equals I think, why not? Blue Juice it. Are you kidding? Yeah, this is it. It's the AFC Championship game. It's your opportunity to go to the Super Bowl.
0: I think the problem for Kansas City is if you had a beat-up Patrick Mahomes, but you were playing, like last week, you were playing Jacksonville, you still won the game, right? I don't know that Joe Burrow is going to allow you much room for error or injury or whatever. I think not say he's going to have a hard time because Mahomes is hurt, but I, I, I'm not worried that he's not going to play. I think he'll be
1: out there. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to be out there. Um, I, I think they probably took him into the blue tent. <laughs> and you know what happens in the blue tent. I don't really know because they hard have everything well, covered. just saying. So they do a lot of uh, slam poetry. Yeah, and by the way, would anyone Don't 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 Would anyone hit the panic button <laughs> if he could not play? Which had Henny? Yes, they would have Look, zero he's chance got, of got winning. Got 18 snaps he had all season long. He went out there and on seven attempts actually completed five of them and had a quarterback rating that was higher than Patrick Mahomes. That Chad line took him be... down the field touchdown.
0: Let's see. Minus eight and a half for the Bengals. If Chad Henney were named the starter today, like if Andy Reid was like, you know what, everything I said yesterday, forget it, Chad Henney is going to start on Sunday. And Mahomes is like, yeah, I can't do it. That line would shift from what it was. I think it started minus one and a half for the Chiefs, and now it's minus one and a half for the Bengals. It would be like at least minus eight and a half for the Bengals.
1: Yeah, no, I, I say that a little facetiously right now, but he's gonna play. There's yeah. no doubt about it.
0: Well, he just said right there he's not coming out of a playoff game unless they drag him off the field. And the fact- he
1: didn't want to come out of that game.
0: The fact that he went back in in the game where he got hurt and was able to finish that off, that I would say bodes well for him at least being out there uh, this week. Well, Here's... there
1: was the blue tent. <laughs> That's all about the blue tent. Uh
0: Did you see Stephon Diggs going off on the sidelines on his quarterback, Josh Allen, and yeah. then basically bailing in the locker room. I think they said Duke Johnson had to kind of walk him back in so that he was available to the media or whatever, because that's a pretty big fine if you're not. But uh, this is Keyshawn Johnson yesterday saying okay, it looks bad, but I get it. He should be mad, mm-hmm. and he should be teed off. All of those sort of things. They get him the football, they increase their chances of winning the damn game. There is no other option if I'm Stefan Diggs. Don't tell me about some other receiver. There is no other option. You brought me in here to help you, so allow me to help you. Well, you don't have the time. They're rushing him. They'd, okay. Put another blocking scheme together. Whatever you do, I don't want to go home a loser. I don't want to be sitting around all offseason with the What if uh, if I could have, wish I should have? Oh, no, absolutely not. I hate it when people try to go at guys for showing their passion and frustration because they wind up
1: losing. Because if they didn't do that, that would be a problem, too. This just drives me nuts. Keyshawn, uh, that that does. I'm sorry right there. You know what? Be upset. I got no problem with that. Absolutely. Just don't cause a scene. There's no reason to cause a scene, especially with a guy that you respect as much as your quarterback, Josh Allen, right? You don't need to do that. Josh Allen, I thought, handled that beautifully when Stephon Diggs was up there throwing his arms up into the air, trying to create a stink. What are you doing, Steph? This is is below you. It's beneath you. What are you doing causing a stink on the sideline? Josh Allen just ignored him. Well done,
0: Josh. That's all you can do. You're right, though. It it, it felt sort of out of character. And in that game... It was out of character. I don't have a problem with Stephon Diggs leaving the locker room early. I know that those are NFL rules, whatever. I I don't care about that. And I don't care about him going on Twitter. And yesterday, some of the stuff he tweeted out, let's see, was... uh first one was, you want me to be okay with losing? Nah. You want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? No. Nah. It's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. Those were his three tweets. Yes, sure. I do problem with any of that, but you don't need to show up your quarterback because... In the moment, there was the Bills sideline, and it was like, "Are they coming?" Unraveled, and then there was the Bengals sideline, and you know they have Burrow, and he's
1: just like, "Yeah, whatever." How did that help? How did it, that it help the Buffalo Bills and Josh? Allen? Also, Josh Allen really wants to win too. Oh, it's not like he's, he was like, "Oh yeah, we got a game today." Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I, I was shocked to see that. I'm not shocked that he's upset. He's frustrated. He's got issues. And if you want to go ahead and jaw somebody on the sideline, there's a way to do it without creating a stink and making it about you and how upset you are. I just want to show everybody how Matt, hey, listen, I've been jaw to jaw. I know exactly how to do it with somebody on the sideline. And so do you, stuff. That was beneath you, bro. Yeah, that wasn't
0: that wasn't necessarily the uh, the best look there for Stefan Diggs yesterday. Here, uh, here's Tom Brady, or on Sunday rather. Here's Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast. Naturally, he is being asked about his future again. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career, Jim? If I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already f-ing done it. Okay, I'm taking it day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. you <laughs> are scratching. It's only are the question scratchy? that everybody wants to hear. You're <laughs> scratchy.
1: <laughs> I appreciate your asking. Thank you.
0: Isn't that his podcast?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was odd. I- I'm done. I'm sorry. You're done Tom, with Brady? You, you're the greatest. You're the greatest of all time, and I respect you greatly. There's no questioning that, no denying that. I'm walking away. <laughs> I, I've... Stop it. it it's don't, not... Don't, don't do this to us, Tom. Don't do this to us. Brett Favre did it to us. Don't you do this to us.
0: He had, I would say this. Big picture, he has done nothing oh. to tarnish his legacy yet. But if he hangs around another year and the play really drops off and he's quarterbacking the Raiders and he's going to be irritated with people, then that's going to start to be unlike Tom Brady throughout his career.
1: I I, love Tom Brady and respect him. You've played a long time, Tom. Don't do this. It's also not like you have to
0: leave the game. I know it's not the same as playing, but he's going to get $37 million a year. To talk about football, Wolf. I don't. I'd never ask what you you make, obviously. But are you getting paid thirty seven million dollars <laughs> no. to be here with me right now?
1: No, and rightfully so. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, when we come back, what does Jay Williams think the Suns will find a trade partner for? Jay Crowder. We're going to ask the host of Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.